Hello, and welcome to the Baylor Parents Podcast, produced just for you by Baylor's Parent Engagement Team, hosted by Gaila Fringa, Director of Parent Engagement. We will explore ways to help you help your student, so you can walk alongside them in their journey, together, but separate. Parents, Gail Offringa here, and we are excited to launch our initial Baylor Parent Podcast today with a very special guest, Trish Baum, who is the Program Manager for Resources and Supplemental Instruction here at Baylor. We're going to talk about a very important subject called time management. But first, Trish, why don't you tell us exactly what your role is and kind of your Baylor journey? Sure. Um, my role here is to make sure that the students are aware and have access to all of the resources that they need to maneuver their way through this wonderful college career. Um, and a lot of the times they don't know they need these resources until they actually dive into their classes. And then it's like, ooh, I thought I knew how to study or oh my gosh, where did all my time go? And it's, it's those moments and those phrases that um, is the, the moment of awakening when the, the students are geared towards, oh, why don't you go see Miss Baum? Why don't you go see Trish? And, and that's where I step in and I help them and help them find the resources they need. Um, my own college experience was extremely rocky because I was stubborn, I was pigheaded, I didn't want anybody's help. I was the straight A student, top of my class. I got this was my whole theme of, I got this, I got this, and I didn't have it at all. So after I swallowed my pride, I was able to come back and dig myself out of the academic GPA hole that I had dug myself into. And now I think that God placed me here at the lovely Baylor University so I can stop as many students as I possibly can from making the same mistakes that I've made. Wonderful. That's what we always talk, talk about, that it's prevention. You know, we're all about prevention because most students think exactly how you do. So why don't we just jump right in and, and give a, parents kind of a, we're trying to give you the information, parents, so that you can talk to your students and walk them through this process if they haven't gone to visit, visit Trish yet or they just have too much pride to do so. So why don't we just jump right in and I'm going to have you just take it away and walk us through the process. All right. It is a fairly easy process, although sometimes you're so in the middle of it that you just have no idea where to start. So um, the, the, I always say that time management is the root of all evil. If you don't manage your time well, you're not going to, to have the successful semester that you're wanting. So some reasons that you need to uh, manage your time is if you don't manage your time, you're gonna fall behind. And then when you fall behind, it's not always easy to get caught up. And then they start pulling the all-nighters. And then it's, you know, I'm, I'm just studying all the time and it's not working, um, probably because they haven't been sleeping well and they haven't had um, the, the proper 
time of day to study. When you study in the daytime, it's equal to an hour and a half of studying at night. So it's way more effective to study in the day. Um, and students are usually having all their fun or taking naps and all their daylight hours are gone. So all they have left is to study at night. So when we learn to balance those fun activities with the academics, they're going to maintain the healthy mind and body that they need. Um, they're going to, to feel amazing. Yes, there will still be moments of stress and panic. That is just life. But they're going to have a much better feeling and a whole complete feeling than if they just flew by the seat of their pants. So one way that we start this is what we call the weekly calendar of hours or the study calendar. So the instructions are down here at the bottom. And the first thing that you do is you put in all your classes. Even if you have a lab that only meets every other week, you're gonna go ahead and put that in because we have to make sure that we don't forget about it. Sometimes we don't know did we go to that class this week or was that last week? You know, time just slips away from us. So we want to put those in. After we go through with that, we put in any meetings, organizations, you know, the um, Greek organizations have meetings or their special clubs that have meetings, supplemental instruction, the SI sessions, those um, maybe they want to go and see a professor during their office hours and they want to go and see them regularly. Let's go ahead and put that in there. So now they have what they have to do, the classes, what they need to do, the SI, the meetings, you know, everything to, to kind of round it out. If they have a job, go ahead and put those work hours in. Um, if it's a fluctuating time, but you know that you know, I told them I could work anytime Wednesday after two and Friday afternoon. Then after two on Wednesday, you want to block that off. Afternoon on Friday, you want to block that off just in case they call you in unexpectedly. If they don't, great. You have some extra time to study or run and, and grab something to eat with a friend or something like that. But we need to, to be ready for the unexpected. So after this, then we're going to put in our meals. And it is so important for the students to eat. Um, you can't drive a car without any gas and you can't make your body function without any food. And there are so many times they wake up late, they're running off to class, they forgot that they have classes back to back to back to back and a lab after that. And oh my gosh, it's now three o'clock and I haven't eaten and they're wondering, why they're angry or upset or can't focus. You don't have fuel in your system. So um, we start off at a consistent wake up time. That is very important because you don't wanna throw off your sleep cycle. So even if they have an 8 a.m. class on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but they don't have a class until 11 on Tuesday, Thursdays, they still need to be waking up at that same time to get their body into that routine. If they have that extra hour or hour and a half, great. Let's work on some homework there. Let's do something. I always say, pick the course you hate the most or the task that's the most difficult. 
Um, do that when your brain is fresh and there's nothing clouding your, your intake of information. Sit down, do it there, and it's going to, to be um, more retainable when your, your brain is, is clear. So then they rush off and they go to their classes. Lunchtime, you grab it when you can. If you have back-to-back -back classes, pack a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or a granola bar or an apple or a banana. And in between your classes, you're munching on, on some food. Um, just get some of that fuel into your system. Um, dinner, the, no real need to have any kind of consistency there. Eat when you're hungry. Um, but as long as you get in the breakfast and the lunch, that's going to push you through until dinner. Then we have the wonderful fun part. If you look back on this one, you see all that white space in the, the afternoons. That is not nap time. Naps are bad. Naps waste all this precious daylight hours. So we're going to go in and we're going to put in homework times. The general rule of thumb is for every one hour you are in a class, you study outside class an additional two hours. Now that's just a rule of thumb. Um, some students may need more than the two hours. I do if it's math-based. I'm not that great at math, but I don't need that much if I have to write an English paper because I love writing papers. So depending on what that student's strengths are, they may not need the two hours or they may need more than that. So that's just a rule of thumb. Now you can see that I have history and English back to back and that's four solid hours of studying. We're not going to do that in a power movement. We are going to study history for 50 minutes, take a 10 minute break, 50 minutes, 10 minute break, and then we switch subjects. Now the reason we do 50-10-50 is during those 10 minutes, you, uh, you take a break from learning and your brain is filing in all that information into the short-term memory. Then when after the two hours are over, we switch topics because after two hours of the same subject, your brain is bored with it and it's already tuning out. It makes you feel like you're doing things, but it's already tuned out and it really doesn't care anymore about history. Let's move on to something else. So we're switching the topics to, to add a little bit of variety. Now, if this student um, is taking more math-based classes, they could have switched in math there. Um, they have math on Tuesdays, but if they had a chemistry class, a reading with a math with a reading, those are great combinations because it's using different sides of your brains and it wakes you up and, and it's, it's, it's a better combination instead of one solid day of nothing but reading. Sure, so, may I ask you a question about that? Sure. So, yeah, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're not just scheduling time just to schedule time so they know what to do when, you're really talking about how your brain functions better in this format. So if my kid tells me that they study for six hours for their you know, biology test or whatever, that isn't even optimal for their brain because they're kind of wasting four hours, it sounds like. 
correct. They need to be spreading it out over many days and not clumping it in all at once. Um, and that's one thing, um, students who pull all-nighters, it's not effective. And one of those reasons why I don't like naps is because when your, your brain is full and you go, mm, I'm going to take a nap, you have about 20 to 30 minutes. And then after that, when you're when your your body isn't moving your brain after about 45 minutes it'll say mm, okay she's down for the count i'm going to start downloading all of those files that i stored in short term when we were doing the 50 10 50 filing those away i'm going to start downloading them into long-term memory so they start the the whole download process and then all of a sudden you wake up after an hour and a half nap and it's as if you're pulling the plug in the middle of a download. And all of a sudden, you know, the student wakes up and some of the homework they remember and some of it they don't. And some of it they have to go back and, and re, you know, refresh. What did that mean? And what problems were we working? And why did we do it that way? And it's also pushing the rest of their homework into those evening hours. So it's not effective at all. Um, and when you pull the all-nighters, you never get those six and a half hours your brain needs to download that information properly. So six and a half hours is what you need to complete that download. Your seventh hour of sleep is when your body is healing yourself and eight or more is just bonus. So we want to try to get as many hours of sleep as we can as a student um, because it just helps you in so many different ways in addition to learning your, your subjects. So we have to keep healthy and pulling all-nighters is not a good way to do that. Trish, what does this look like practically in students? All right, so we have some right and wrongs going on here. Um, so, you know, the, the great student, the A-plus student, um, manages their time well. They're taking advantage of all these resources. They split up the studying. They, they spread it out over days. Um, one thing you want to be careful when your student says, I've studied so long and so hard, stop them for a second and say, well, how long did you study? Compared to high school, studying two hours is way more than what they are used to. Well, that's nowhere near. They should be doing that normally on a non-test day um, just to, to get that information. So when, when students come in and see me and say so long, I have to, to be the little detective and how long is long and how many days did you split that up? And most of the time it's nowhere near long enough and it's all at one sitting, which is not appropriate. Changing those subjects up is fantastic. Sleep, 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 sleep is great. And it also keeps you healthy. Um, the wrong things to do, which I was so guilty of this, is, you know, I got this. I, I'm under control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what I did wrong. I'm, I'll get it. No. 
it's you're not and and I tell students all the time and we have a big laugh session in my office and it's like so how did that work out for you and they burst into laughter or tears and you know it's like okay you know I'm guilty of that too let's start fresh let's get things going and let's just hope for some improvement by the next test and that's important too parents um Rarely will a student go from a D to an A on a test in, in you know, one try. It's going to take a while to get into a routine. It's going to take a while to figure out this crazy thing called college. It's going to take a while to figure out all the technical things that we have going on here due to COVID. It's just going to take some time. We are hoping that it's sooner than later that this progress shows, but celebrate any small victory your student has. Um, the, the wrong thing again is studying the night before, pulling those all-nighters, and eating unhealthy. And it is so easy to eat unhealthy. Um, so we wanna make sure we're using those meal plans we paid for. So let's get that going and, and healthy stuff. Um, and yes, I do fuss at students who come into my office and they open up their backpack and it's nothing but candy bars. And I'm like, uh, let me trade you one of those for a granola bar because I keep some of those stashed in my office. And it's like, I'll trade you that if, if you do this instead. And um, it works out fairly well. We, we, we slowly get them turned around. So Trish, how do we help the students see their semester globally? So another thing that is going to help the students is what we call our semester on a page, but it's the semester test and assignments planner. And this is the whole entire semester all on one page. It shows the last day to withdraw, shows when family weekend and homecoming and Thanksgiving, when the finals start, it, it shows everything. And what we do here is we grab their syllabi and we go one by one and pull out all the important things, the major GPA effectors. So all the tests, the um, papers that needs to be written, um, quizzes if we know them, things, extra credit opportunities, things that really, really can harm your GPA if you are not prepared and anticipating these. So We'll go through each one and we'll put down all the tests. This is not for read page this through this or work this problem through this problem. That's, that's what the study calendar, the weekly calendar is for to allow that time for that. But this is for the things that are a month away or three weeks away and the student will go, oh yeah, that's at the end of September. Well, guess what? It's now the end of September or you should have been studying for that. So we go through, we write all of these down and this is what it looks like. So we have all the tests in, we have um, when the finals are, we have um, everything that they need so they can, and this is an old one, I just noticed that. And so they have everything that they need to maneuver through their, um, through their academics. So um, this one shows spring. They know that on the Monday back from spring break, they had a test. 
Now, did they really prepare over spring break? If you remember, this past spring break was not a fun spring break. That's when we had to extend it and shelter in place. So now they have two tests that they're supposed to come back to, but did they come back to, and when are they now? Oh, and it might have fallen, it might have been pushed back a week, so now they have four tests that week. When you have this, you can be planning ahead. Um, when we left right before spring break, I would have already encouraged my students to study as if those tests were the Friday before, so they can get all of that studying done, go have guilt-free fun pleasure over spring break, and come back ready to take those exams. They can review Sunday, but they're not learning new information right before that test. So this is a very good way to look into the future and start planning when those horrible weeks of tests where all your hard classes are piling upon you and you as a parent will feel hopeless and helpless because your student is going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I've got all these things going on. And all you can do is say, you got it, babe. It's okay, you're gonna make it, you're gonna make it. But you know, you can't do anything, but you can encourage them to plan ahead. And that's all I have about that. Okay, I have a couple of questions. That's fabulous. I love the stuff that you were sharing about how our brains work, because that's just more information and more support for why. They should do the things that you're you're telling them to do. Um, but a couple questions. So when it, it's almost like the semester schedule is the global view, and then they have the weekly schedule and the daily schedule. So they can see this is what I need to do each week that's going to help serve me towards these goals during the semester schedule of the projects and the tests that are due. But this is what I need to do every single day, right? So when you help a student with a schedule like that, how do they react? Because you can look at that weekly schedule and see it all colored in and you think, oh my God, I have no freedom whatsoever. But that's not the case, I don't think, correct? Correct. Um, they usually have a mild panic attack. Um, and I'm gonna go back to that. They usually have a, a mild panic attack when they see um their schedule filled up like this and i was like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh well the beautiful part is i've given you saturday and sunday off and if you don't need those two hours at a time then let's say you just needed an hour for history and an hour for english that week you can move up your religion to before lunch or before dinner so you can move things around it's more of a guide and yes life is going to get in the way and totally demolish this some weeks but it doesn't mean to throw it away forever you come back to this and there are going to be times where um maybe your professor was out sick that day or something and you're not really going to have that much homework just review your notes and then you you have that free time um the important part is though you're going to bed before you know you could go to bed at 10 o'clock your choice if if they do or not but you know you could potentially be in bed by 10 but on wednesday thursday friday there they have more and more free time um 
and you know if they don't have SIs in their classes then they would have more of an evening on Friday once they're through with dinner they're done for the evening they don't have anything else to study so depending on how many hours they're taking and how many extracurricular things that's going on that's going to give them either more or less free time but I always cram packed their Monday through Friday so they can just get a little release of, of pressure over the weekends and do something that they want to do. Um, I always tell them to, to treat Baylor like a job from eight to five. You are pushing hard. Yeah, there'll be some days that you got to put in some overtime, but if you utilize your time properly, you're going to be fine and you're going to have those those evenings if they are taking some really strenuous courses um, in, a, in a semester and they are just studying solid until 10 o'clock then that's when i encourage them to meet with their friends at lunch to meet with their friends at dinner to say hey let's go get get a you know let's go grab a, a cup of coffee and, and let's go to Starbucks for breakfast or something like that. You can absolutely spend time with your friends safely, um, absolutely spend time with your friends and still get all your homework done. Um, and while you're studying those two hours of English, there's, you know, there's nothing that says it has to be you by yourself. As long as you can be disciplined with a study partner and not turning into a social hour, as long as you can be um, disciplined and say, I'm going to work on English, you go work on biology, but we're just going to be here. And when we take our 10 minute break, we're going to sit and we're going to chat. And then after a break is over, we're going to go back to doing our own thing. So they can still be with their friends. They just have to use that time wisely and, and have some accountability partners and, and it'll be benefiting both of them. That's fantastic. And I would, I would speculate and you can tell me if I'm right or not, uh, that once students get this and after they've implemented it for just a little bit, they must feel such a bigger sense of control of things. So therefore naturally just stress is going to go down. Right? Exactly. Um, and that is also the reason they come back semester after semester for these study calendars. Um, I have had so many students that come and see me every semester. In fact, I've had so many students, I've had to incorporate helpers. So I have graduate assistants who help me now um, because we literally do hundreds of these each semester. So they come back semester after semester and we love it and and we remember them and it's like okay are we still working 18 hours are we still taking 17 hours are we still doing you know and, and they just kind of chuckle yeah we still are and i think i'm going to join an organization and we're going oh my god okay we got this we're going to do this so um we we love it when they come back and at the end of every semester we do, um, and, and the, the students call it um, a study calendar on steroids, but we do one specifically for finals. And we take 
all of their finals. We chart out when they are. We count backwards from each one. We divide up. We already incorporate their weekly study calendar. And then in addition to that, how are they going to use the study days and the times in between the, the following days when they are not taking their finals and how much they need to study and what they need to study, we go way off into it. And they love that. Well, here's what I think. I think that you better get some help for this coming November because all the parents who have heard this wonderful information are going to make sure that their students are coming in to get help for finals. That's fantastic. We are ready. <laughs> good, good. And you know what I also want to say, Trish, I'm so glad that God did bring you here, that you can share your personal experience as to how you messed up and how 90% of our students come in with that same thought pattern. So we're just a true blessing to so, so many students. And so parents, I just want to encourage you again, we're going to include links so you can take a look at these forms that uh, Trish provided and encourage either help your student create their own time management schedule or you know require them or ask them to go visit Trish or her staff to help them. You can see it is a resource, a tool that will make their life so much better and take off unnecessary stress. So Trish, thank you again for sharing this. I, I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful resource here at Baylor and we're happy to have you. Well, thank you. It is truly my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Baylor Parents Podcast. This production was written and produced by the entire Baylor Parent Engagement Team. Remember, if you need guidance, email us at baylorparents at baylor.edu. That's B-A-Y-L-O-R-P-A-R-E-N-T-S at baylor.edu. Join us next time for another topic tailored just for you to help your child succeed. If you liked this episode, you can find all our podcasts and videos at baylorparents.campusesp.com.